It's time for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Good afternoon, Tanner Hoops with you. First day of November, and it's a Thursday, which means Jake Duran of CBS Marquette is here. Jake, November 1st, happy Halloween, a little belated. Did you get many uh, trick-or-treaters? You had to give out some candy yesterday? Honestly, I was kind of surprised. We didn't get many trick-or-treaters. Now, I live on... uh a street near Northern Michigan University here mm-hmm. in Marquette, kind of by the Superior Dome. I won't give up my exact location, <laughs> but um, there wasn't a lot of trick-or-treaters. I think I kind of live in the, the college area. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of college kids, not many uh, families, but we got a few here and there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was pretty good, and, you know, there was some costumes, you know, just driving down the street. I saw a bunch of kids dressed up and things like that. So it was, it was fun. It was fun. What was the best costume that you saw from this Halloween time? You can go back to the weekend. I mean, I'm gonna have to go with my costume. Oh, really? Um, so what I dress. So if anyone knows how I how I kind of look, mm-hmm. I always get compared to Bruno Mars. Okay. So I dressed up as Bruno Mars this year. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but <laughs> I won the I, I won the best Halloween costume, mm-hmm. and I won a trip to Las Vegas on Saturday. Oh wow! Yeah, three three day two night stay to Las Vegas. Uh, so I felt my costume kind of lived up to expectations. Well, so. I mean, you're not tooting your own horn then if you won a trip to Vegas out of it. Yeah, shoot. I mean, a uh, little free advertisement, but shout out to Diggs uh, Restaurant in Marquette here because oh, they're man. they're the ones who who gave me that so that's pretty awesome I think. Yeah, that whatever works for you congratulations no, but there there was a lot of good costume mm-hmm. and a lot of people getting creative and things like that i don't know if you saw online that little girl's costume where she was kind of the like, headless he- one the wasn't headless that one. insane it was so crazy and, and it's so crazy how how people are so creative like that oh man um, but i don't how do you top that when mm-hmm. you're a kid you know i i loved the ones that i saw online and everything gave me so many good ideas for next year but yesterday i just came to the office in my ron francis jersey and nobody knew who that was it was the hartford whalers too so oh, really uh, tom mogish across the hall he was the only one who got it of course you know big hockey guy right but uh no halloween's a lot of fun had that time of the year uh before we get into sports what's your favorite halloween candy my favorite halloween candy oh man I'm a little old school, man. I like I like chocolate over the you know the Starburst Skittles oh, same, type of thing, same, you know, absolutely. like the Reese's or the Butterfingers. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Heath bars. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of my thing. I, I think it's kind of an old school thing, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. There's something about it. The full size candy bar proud. That that's what you're looking. Yeah, at. Yeah, but I'm, I, with you I'm also a big fan of the Hershey's cookies and cream. Ooh, um, yeah. That's another one of my favorites. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge candy guy though. That's I good. was when I was younger, but as I'm getting older, I'm kind of you know not as as huge on it. Um, I, I think that happens to everybody. Though. Becoming an adult. Right. That, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> right. So we've got Jake Duran of CBS Marquette in studio with us. We flip the calendar to November, and there's always stuff going on this time of the year as we go from basketball, baseball's wrapped up, new week of football starts tonight, whether it be college, uh, the NFL, uh, week nine. Well, shoot, this Thursday night football game, they're not even trying, are they? It's, it's uh, Oakland and San Francisco and the somebody just please win bowl. I mean, they're not even trying anymore. No, this one is is going to be pretty bad. I mean, I'm I'm trying to lose if I'm either one of these mm-hmm. teams. Um, but so it's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of interesting to see what exactly goes goes on. You know, I'm I'm really hoping now that Amari Cooper's out from Oakland. I have a little bit to to look out for because I have you know I play fantasy football. I know mm-hmm. we we've mentioned this before, and for those who play fantasy football, you know every game's big. Um, so I'm hoping Jordy's in the game, and I'm hoping he has a big night. So I'm kind of rooting for Oakland in this one. Um, both teams are terrible, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, Oakland has a better quarterback, so I'm going to have to go with Oakland in this one. But I'm not I'm not looking forward to this one. I'm, I'm no. sorry. Uh, the NFL is probably like, we're going to have to do this. It's kind of like a, similar to the Buffalo-New England feel I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some good games where I was excited, but it's just kind of like, eh. eh. Eh, I'll, I'll maybe tune in and see what's going on, but there's not a lot of players I'm really looking to, to watch, and, mm-hmm. and honestly, I just don't care. It's they're two West Coast teams. It's it's whatever to me. Hasn't it been like that for the last how many Thursday night football games? They started out with so many good ones, and then we had the Giants and Eagles. It was like one and five or two and four, something like that, playing each other, and then uh, Dolphins and Texans. I think was better than people thought it would be, but still, who cares when you're up in this part of the country? Uh, I am looking forward to Sunday night's game though with Green Bay visiting New England. I don't think the Packers are going to win this game, but we're going to get a good look at Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. Only the second time ever that they've started against each other. People up here, I'm sure, are getting to the point where they're sick of hearing about it, because especially the Lions fans. But this is a compelling matchup. I don't think it's going to tell us who's better for sure. I think Aaron Rodgers is still better than Brady, but Brady's going to win. 
But even Tom Brady said this week, he'd be much better than me, Rodgers would, if he had the coaching, uh, the system that I work with. Aaron Rodgers would be breaking records and winning more Super Bowls. So I'm excited for this matchup. I think we know who's going to win the game, but it's a chance for Aaron Rodgers certainly to prove himself. Definitely. I think this is a very, very critical time for this Green Bay team. Um, you know, the fan base isn't happy. I mean, you go through the trade deadline. You, you hope that maybe for, for once they try to do something, make a big move. And, and I mean, it's every offseason, every, you know, trade deadline. Packer fans are waiting, waiting, and, and hoping that they actually pull pull the trigger on, on somebody to help this team get over over that hump that they've been in, especially, you know, being in all these close games and, and just the turmoil that's been, been going on. I, was, uh, I wasn't shocked to see Ty Montgomery go. But I was I was kind of shocked to see Clinton Dix. Now I get the aspect of you know he wanted a contract in the in the the Packers they want to play him. But man, at some point you got to start retaining some of these players. You can't keep letting the secondary go. Um, if you really think back on the secondary, they could still have Clinton Dix, Micah Hyde, Casey Hayward. Um, granted, they would have to pay these players, but mm -hmm. I mean, your secondary has been the weakness all along. I, I just feel like you know maybe if you try to keep some players around, maybe you'd be a little better. Um, but the matchup itself, I mean, I think it's critical for Green Bay. You you have to get a win. Um, they're kind of reeling. You know, the, the, there's been questions in the organization. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is, is saying Aaron Rodgers should demand a trade. Um, you kind of wonder how the locker room's feeling, and, and they're losing these close games. I mean, I, I personally believe that Green Bay has a good shot in this one. I think this is a, a game they're going to come out motivated to kind of prove some people wrong. I think they went in, into L.A., and they, they kind of they flipped the switch a little bit. Um, their defense kind of figured a couple things out. They realized they can play with with these really good teams, and and I do think that secondary for Green Bay is better. I think I think that defense is going to kind of you know wear on Tom Brady a little bit, and I think it's going to be closer than than some people think. Do I think they're going to win? I would bet against it, but I do think that they have a shot, um, especially mm -hmm. when you talk about Aaron Rodgers. I mean. And, and what can you say, man? Aaron Rodgers was Tom Brady. You know, Aaron Rodgers got the best of him in Lambeau a few years ago. But, I mean, it's just going to be kind of, you know, everything you want to see when it comes to quarterbacks. Everything you want. Mm -hmm. You got you got the guy. Both players have obviously have heart. They have motivation. They have, they have greatness. They have special abilities. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a shootout. And, um, you know, I guess it's who's going to make the biggest plays towards, towards the end of the game that's going to win. But I do think it's going to be a close game. I really do. They saved all the good football this week for Sunday. They're going to let us eat our vegetables and get through the Oakland-San Francisco game tonight. And then you've got Rodgers against Brady on Sunday night football. Right before that, Saints and Rams. That's going to be a fun one as well. I still think that's an NFC championship preview. But you look at what the Packers and the Patriots mean. Like you, I'm surprised the Packers were sellers at the deadline earlier this week. I know there's a lot of fans up here unhappy with the moves they made. Ty Montgomery... Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. You know, they, they kind of needed a scapegoat for the way this season has gone. And I'm sure Mike McCarthy is willing to do anything to try and make sure that's not him. So if they can ship out Montgomery, a guy who I still don't think has reached his full potential here in the NFL, and maybe he does uh, over in Baltimore. Haha, -ha, Clinton Dick surprises me a lot because that Packers secondary has been weak. Even when they were Super Bowl champions, the secondary has been maybe their biggest Achilles heel. And it looked like they were just starting to build it up. Haha -ha was the core for that secondary. They brought in Jair Alexander, who I'm very high on. I like him a lot. They draft a couple of young corners this year that they're really excited about. And then you rip out that core. You rip out the core with Haha uh, -ha when you're half a game out of playoff position, whether it is a vision champ or as a wild card team. I mean, right now, Minnesota is probably the most complete team in this division. And they're not even ahead of you in the standings, and you're selling out. So I, I don't necessarily get what the Packers are doing this year. I guess I understand why they're doing it, because I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team. They might be a playoff team, but they won't win a Super Bowl, and that's what they care about. And the Packers' favorite thing to do is draft players. Their favorite thing in the world is draft picks. Draft day is just the best day for the Packers' front office. And maybe that's why they aren't buyers, because they don't want to part with draft picks. They love those more than anything. But... At some point, you've got to start building it. I mean, you've got to be willing to sacrifice. Rodgers isn't getting any younger. And like you, I feel bad for him. I, I don't want to say that I want him to leave the Packers. I just want him to win. And I don't think he's going to do that with the Packers here in the next few years. I mean, and, and that, that's the, the thing that you know, I was trying to come across is they've they got to start retaining some of these players. I mean, they wonder why their secondary is always bad. It's because you're relying too much on, on rookies and, and first-year, second-year guys. 
You know, you need to start, you know, even if you retain Casey Hayward, who, who left Green Bay, went to, to San Diego, and he was, a you know, an all-pro player. Or, or Micah Hyde, who went to Buffalo and showed, you know, he was an all-pro player, all-star player. Um, but it, it's, it, like you said, the window's closing here. How many more years can you say, oh, we're, we're playing for one more year down, the, you know, next year or the year after that? You know, let's build these draft picks and get these, these draft picks in there because they're going to take a year or two to develop unless you hit on some home run guy. Um, maybe if they're trying to stack some draft picks and going to make a move to move up to a, a top one-two pick, you know, maybe get a, a game changer in like a Bosa or something. Um, I could see that being all right. But like, like you said, man, it, it's it's all every single year, you know. When are you going to start actually giving Rodgers, you know, some players? And I like what uh, Stephen A. Smith said. I think it was Stephen A. Smith. Um, someone on ESPN said – yesterday that you know their mind it, it seems like their mindset is always well it's okay because we have Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day we have Aaron Rodgers and he's going to do it for us no, no no matter what we do he's going to be we still have him so we have a chance and you got to stop thinking like that mm-hmm. you have to stop thinking like that he's one player you got to start building if you really think about it the Packers haven't had anything around him for so many years it's it, it's it's ridiculous and uh, you know I'm getting I'm getting annoyed by Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. as the games go on. You know more and more that these games go on, it's it's almost like I want him to see him go and and, and bring somebody else in for that tail end of Rogers' career that might be willing to you know be a little bit more aggressive and 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 actually call good plays and things like that. And I don't know, man. I don't really know what they're they're doing. And it, what concerns me is they don't really have any backup plan to replace like a Clinton Dix. Mm-hmm. They have a Jermaine Whitehead who went left that L.A. game with a back injury. Uh, they have a second-year guy in James Jones who hasn't really played at all. Um, you know, I think he's made, played like four offensive snaps all year. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. They're thin at the position. It, it was already a weakness. And they're saying they're they're not folding or packing it in for this year. But all indicators are indicating that you are. You're making a, your weak part, part of your team even weaker. It just doesn't make sense to me what, what they're trying to do. When you look at the Packers' needs and what they need to upgrade on here come April, no matter if they make the playoffs or not, their running game is weak. I know there are people who like Aaron Jones. I don't think he's the future solution there for the Packers. I think uh, wideouts, you know, they're not, not exceptional. Um, Randall Cobb, when he's there, is the best wideout. Right now, Rodgers can only throw to Devontae Adams so many times a game. There's a lot of young guys to be excited about, like Equinemius St. Brown and what have you, but it's certainly not what it was when Rodgers' best friend Jordy Nelson was there. And when they let him go, I think that's where Rodgers started feeling frustration at his organization, which I think certainly goes a lot deeper than him or McCarthy is going to let on. And certainly the secondary is where they're, they're weak. Linebackers, they've got some pretty good talent there. Blake Martinez is. Had a gr- uh, I wouldn't say a great year. He's had a better year than normal. Uh, Clay Matthews is kind of underwhelmed as far as what you would normally expect of him. On the defensive line, they're missing Jake Ryan. They need the pass rush that they're used to getting. That's why I think a guy like Chase Winovich from Michigan makes a lot of sense in the middle rounds or what have you. And Mike Daniels from Iowa just has not been what they were hoping that he was going to be this year. The Packers need to upgrade a few of these spots if they really want to be contenders, providing Rodgers is still there next year. Because do you think you can take the roster you have right now with Deshaun Kaiser and even get a 500 season? I mean, I I just don't see where the Packers are thinking long term or even thinking at all, like for this season. I don't know. They're they're banking on hitting home runs with these draft picks are accumulating. Yeah, I mean, take Rodgers off this this roster. They're near the end mm-hmm. you know they're they're right there with the oaklands and the san Fran's who we're talking about thursday night football you know they're probably worse off they might be the worst team in the nfl without aaron Rodgers. if you really think about what they got going um you know their defense isn't great but it's it's holding and like you said i mean they're they're always waiting on young players every year it's like we gotta wait for this pr- person to arrive once this person finally figures it out we're gonna be good and then they'll drop you know their three four four-year guys and then it's like waiting on another draft picks and it's just it's just a reoccurring theme and we've seen it since they won the super bowl every single year they don't make any changes you thought the new gm coming in would start doing something i mean he's done a few things but i'm always waiting for that one move to make make it look like okay he has arrived and in brian uh Gutekunst. um but it's it's almost like it, ted thompson is still there calling the shots almost you know just just being so you know passive with things See the Eagles out here making a bunch of moves, you know, giving up draft picks, bringing guys in, you know, trying to make things work. 
winning a Super Bowl. And and they're in the position, of, you know, they haven't been as good, but they, they still are in a good position to, to make another run at it. Um, you know, you got to be aggressive. It's have your foot on the gas. The, the Packers are just coasting in neutral, and it's 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 frustrating. Jake Duran of CBS Marquette is our guest. Before we go to break, Jake, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, and we're not cheering for him to leave the Packers, but we want him to win, and it just doesn't look like the Packers are building themselves to give him the opportunity to do so. So let's do this. Let's play GM. It's one of my favorite games to do on this show. Let's play GM, and if we could pick any team in the NFL for Aaron Rodgers to go to starting next season or even finish out this season, what team would that be? Where would he be a good fit? And we can't say New England because that's just not fair. I mean, I was going to say I could go ahead and go Kansas City, mm-hmm. L.A. I mean, if, if Which honestly, LA? Uh, L.A., either L.A. Okay. I mean, if you really think about it, you could put Aaron Rodgers on any team. He's so talented. He could fit in any system. He could do whatever he wanted to ask for, and he would elevate elevate the team. I think if he went to Kansas City, Kansas City would be be better because I think obviously he's better than Patrick Mahomes in my eyes. But should he should they do that? Because Mahomes is going to be around a lot longer. I mean, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see them doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, He'd just be good in that system. He'd be good in that system. You know, you'd have to look at teams like I think he could. You know, he could go to a team like shoot. I mean, any team that is, that's really quarterback hungry and make a team better. How about the New York Giants? Think he would do well with that offensive? He'd be better than Eli because he can move. That's what I mean. He's a little younger. That line is still going to be terrible, and they're still not going to make the playoffs. I think if he went to the Giants, the Giants would, you know, be a year away from contending. Get mm. get a couple offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and I think you know you have the superstar in Barkley. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers had a Saquon Barkley behind him, I mean, watch out. Yeah. That's why I was pushing Le'Veon. If you had that game-changing superstar, the Packers will never bring in a player like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you had a, a running back that was a threat and could make plays and could hit home runs with Aaron, I mean, you can't stop them. So if he had Saquon behind him, Odell, Sterling Shepard, Ingram, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's scary. That's scary. He would, he would elevate that team, and, I mean, yeah, that team – that team would be amazing to watch. I mean, he had he would have so much more at the skilled positions than he does right now. The line would be a lot worse, and he still wouldn't have a defense, but he would have a very good offensive-minded head coach in Pat Shermer over there. When I asked this question to you, my answer all the way was the L.A. Rams, but the more I think about it, I like the idea of number 12 playing for Big Blue. But if the Rams don't win the Super Bowl this year, I don't know how realistic it was, but I think it would make a lot of sense to go for a guy like Rodgers just because Rodgers with an offensive guy like Sean McVay might be the best offensive combination in the NFL. That would not even be fair. And you have the skilled positions there to work with, with guys like Robert Woods and Connor Cup to throw to, Todd Gurley in the backfield. If the Rams don't win the Super Bowl this year and they go all in, Packers will love draft picks. They will take a great package in exchange for one guy if it's Rodgers. And the Rams could certainly get plenty of those draft picks back because Jared Goff could play at a lot of places in in the NFL. I don't know if that's because of him or McVay's system, but teams aren't going to know that. Somebody will take a chance on him. Somebody like Buffalo. Right. Somebody like Buffalo. Somebody like Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I think Jacksonville would be a nice spot with that defense. It's it's not. They haven't been as good, but I think with a guy like Rodgers, that he's going to obviously bring some energy. A place like Denver, you know, uh, Elway likes to make big moves, and mm-hmm. and that team's not afraid to to do things, but. Um, obviously, the defense isn't as great as it was, but you still have Von Miller there. Um, you still have uh, Bradley Chubb there. You still have a lot of good def- defenders. Manuel Sanders is there. Cortland Sutton's coming on. Um, they always have a good zone run scheme there. So, you know, a place like Denver, I could see him be going there as well. I mean, really, I mean, like I said, he could fit with any any team, I mean, and elevate them. I think Arizona, too, with the situation they've got going on right now between Rosen and Bradford, they don't have a quarterback either. We've got Jake Duran of CBS Marquette in studio with us. Coming up, Milwaukee Bucks get Giannis back tonight as they square off with Boston and Beantown. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pad on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only to Ghibli Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Jake Duran of CBS Marquette. 
He's the uh, lucky dog that won the trip to Vegas coming up uh, here in a few months. And I tell you what, that Bruno Mars costume, in case you missed the first part of the show, he was at a costume party, won it, uh, Bruno Mars outfit. Jake says he looks like him. He's not wrong, but (laughs) wins a trip to Vegas out of it. I mean, man, you didn't buy a lottery ticket last week, did you? That would have been the time to do it. I mean, I should have. I really should have. I don't I don't gamble a lot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe I should just, you know, I should have did it when the, uh, what was it, the Mega Millions was mm-hmm. at like a $2 billion. Um, yeah, man, it was it was cool. It was fun. Um, I'm feeling kind of lucky. So, you know, I, I, hopefully all my NFL picks are going to come alive. Hopefully I'm going to win fantasy this week. And, and hopefully, you know, we're going to see a good game between the Bucks and in the Celtics tonight. Well, and uh, that's what we're getting into, but my costume, I'm a little upset about, didn't win a prize. I had one of those hats that, you know, it's like the hats of food or whatever. Mine was a taco, and I'd never seen that before. And I was FaceTiming with a friend from Iowa last night who was like, what is that on your head? I'm like, it's a taco. And so that was a waste of money that I could have bought a real taco or something with that and didn't win me anything. Didn't win anything with it. Still had a fun Halloween. Right, and you know it's November 1st, and actually... Prior to me coming to the to the station here, I was mm-hmm. at the Halloween store because everything's half off yeah. right now. So <laughs> That's where I'm at. If, if you guys want to go <laughs> out there and, and, and go get your costume for the next year, plan a little, plan ahead a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, everything's half off. I'm not being paid by them, so I'm just saying. Well, you guys go get costume. I'm getting the half off candy. I yeah. mean, that's where I'm heading right after. Oh, that's this. true too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Half off candy uh, here in Marquette, probably around the world too. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you as uh, Boston gets set to welcome the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Giannis is back. I think we really got to see how deep this Bucks team is on Monday night. They put up 124 as they beat previously unbeaten Toronto. And Milwaukee is answering a lot of questions for NBA fans. I think a lot of people thought they would certainly be top four, make it to the second round of the playoffs. But now they're looking like a legit East superstar. And tonight against Boston is really going to tell us a lot about them because they're going through the toughest week of their schedule so far. Toronto and Boston, half of it without Giannis. They get him back tonight. His replacement scored 19 as they beat Toronto. I mean, they are so deep up and down. Credit Coach Bud. He's getting the best out of these guys. They are so deep, and they're showing it off. Yeah, I mean, you knew they were going to be good. And like I said, we kind of talked about NBA when the season was starting up. And we're like, yeah, you know, Milwaukee's they're right there. They're right there. Um, it's they're going to go as far as Giannis wants to take them, and and but right now, I mean, that supporting cast is is doing phenomenal, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to be interested to see the game tonight because honestly, Boston for me has been kind of disappointing. They have um, this season so far. I mean, Detroit was in in the games with them, and I don't think Detroit's really that good, even though their their no. records you know okay. Um, but you know, Boston has some stuff to figure out there with Kyrie and uh, and Hayward coming back. So they're still trying to figure it out. Obviously, Milwaukee seems to be hitting on all cylinders right now, um, and and they just have the the cast. They have the defenders. They have the shooters, um, and and they have everything you want. They got the coach now that that knows you know what he wants and and has the guys in the right spot. And um, you know, they're a dark horse contender. Do I think they can go up and beat Golden State? No. But, I mean, they can make some noise in the East, and maybe maybe they can come out of the East. I mean, you saw it last year. They had a good team. I went and watched them in the playoffs against Boston. And, and um, the thing that they weren't able to do last season is they had those spells where they couldn't get the ball in the bucket. You know, they couldn't find a, a score. Um, you know, so Giannis is obviously your main guy, but you need to just find those consistent two and three guys that want to score for you, and they're, they're finding that right now. Well, right now, that number two guy is Chris Humphreys. He's playing at about as high of a level as we've ever seen him, and he's taking the pressure off Giannis, especially like Monday night when Giannis wasn't there. Can Chris Humphreys sustain this, or, or is he just peaking early on in the season, or is this really the new him that he can sustain? I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. Do I? If I had to put my money on Chris Humphreys, I wouldn't. Um, but, I mean, if he could just you know be a solid guy that could come in, and and be as consistent as he can as he can be, I think you know, obviously it's going to help him. Obviously, you know you weren't expecting Chris Humphreys to come in and 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 be what he's been, but um, maybe he is the guy. Maybe he is the guy that's going to come in and, and switch things up for for the Bucks. Um, you know, but that that's who they're going to need. They're going to need some consistency, and they're going to need to help Giannis um, when Giannis is is having his off nights. What was it they said about Kyrie a few years ago with his headband when he was? 
when he he had his headband on compared to when he didn't play with it, and his splits were so vastly different. And now it's like he gets his hair cut and he drops 31 the other night against Detroit. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do tonight. We'll see. This is going to be a lot of fun uh, for tonight's matchup. Another one coming up next Thursday, then. We get our first look at Milwaukee against Golden State. And these two teams have been dropping the three so well. Uh, Milwaukee, their last two games, they've scored 19 three-pointers in each of them. I mean, those are both franchise records, and they tied it within four days of each other. On Golden State side of things, Steph Curry sets a new NBA record with 13 threes in one game, only for his teammate Clay Thompson to break it four days later. Did you see his costume last night, by the way? Jackie Moon? I didn't see that one. Look that up when you get the chance. Jackie Moon costume uh, for Clay Thompson last night. That was awesome. Complete with the red, white, and blue ABA basketball. It nice. was great. Um, they can just splash the ball. Both these teams can. And it's going to be unreal to think of the kind of offense that's going to be put up in this game. Now, these two teams have a chance to be uh, record setters as far as what we're seeing in the offensive end. The record for single game uh, most points in a single game in the NBA in regulation is 173. Golden State put up 92 in one half last week. If there's any game this year where these two teams could push each other enough to try and set a new record, this might be it. I mean, they're going to play twice before Christmas, and I can't wait to see the final scores on these two. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be some high octane, you know, a lot of offense. Obviously, the offense in the NBA this year has been been absolutely insane. Um, but I just want to see if Milwaukee can kind of just hold their own against against a team. Um, I'm really interested to see how they defend defend the Warriors. I mean, obviously it's 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 very challenging to defend about four or five All Stars that are on on the floor, a couple superstars, a couple mm-hmm. MVPs, um, and then guys who could just you know are the arguably the best shooters that we've ever seen. Um, you know, if you put Giannis on the floor. Where is he on the ranks of best player on the floor? Mm-hmm. You know, is he is he one? Is he two? Is he three? Um, you know, he's he's pretty good. He can hold his own. But but you know, Golden State just has so much fi- firepower. When you talk about scoring that many points and a half that they did a couple a couple without days ago without boogie, without boogie, without a defensive stopper, um, it's 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 mind blowing what what the Warriors are doing, and it's 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 kind of sad to be honest with you. But uh, I'm just interested to see just how they how they play defense, um, what they try to do with this team. Obviously, Giannis with his length, what you know, what he going to try to do with with Durant? I would I would assume he's on Durant, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, and, and then they're going to have to just try to hound the shooters. You know, you got, you got to try to do something. Um, but I'm interested, definitely interested to see how the Bucks do, and it's going to be it's going to be one of those games where you're kind of gauging just what is the splits between these two teams. Jake Durant of CBS Marquette in studio with us on the Sports Pen. This is going to be a game where we're really going to see what the Bucks are made of defensively, as you were alluding to. How well will they close out on Steph Curry, on Draymond Green, on Klay Thompson? Who's going to end up being that premier defender? You, you need Humphreys and Giannis to come up offensively. Uh, they need to be big for you. Defensively, I look at those young role player guys, and that's why I think Coach Bud is such a good fit for this franchise because he brings the best out of those young role players, and he's got a lot of good defensive guys on that team. They're going to need a lot out of Malcolm Brogdon. Pat Connaughton's probably going to have to play a good game. You can get a lot out of these guys defensively, and I always like to say you don't need to be a good basketball player to be a good defender. That's what I'm hoping that they can get out of these guys as they try to defend a couple of the best shooters in basketball. Right, and Brogdon was one of the guys I was going to bring up as as a guy who – who's shown he can be a very good defender at times. Um, and definitely, you know, you're going to need, you're going to need some guys to just play out of their minds and just, and just play hard. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, Golden State, they're going to make their runs. They're going to, you know, have their moments where you can close out perfectly and play perfect defense and they're going to hit the shot. But, um, you know, you know, it's really going to be how you respond and your mentality towards it. And, you know, you're going to just have to do your best to try to, like you said, just close out on the shooters. And then offensively, you're going to need to hit 19 threes. You know, you're going to need to have someone go off for 40. Um, you're going to need Giannis to, to be the guy who, who he's supposed to be, the all-star superstar guy who can just come out and, and ruin a game. You're going to need all that to, to kind of come together. You're really going to need to play your best game. But it definitely starts with the defensive end and, and tr- to try to ruin the rhythm of these shooters because once one person starts hitting, you know how it goes. That kind of resonates to the whole team. Then you're going to have this guy shooting, this guy shooting, and then you're going to have them, you know, kind of get their swagger, and then, and then it's going to be really tough to beat them. 
Well, before we go to break, really special moment in the NBA last night. Derrick Rose, former MVP, works his way back from injury, drops 50 points as the Timberwolves beat Utah. D. Rose is a guy that's gone through so much in his young career. A lot of guys probably would have thrown it in maybe after the first injury, but it keeps happening to him, and he somehow works his way back to play basketball at a high level. He's not an area guy. He's a rival of some of the area guys, but you got to love what he did last night. Really special moment for him and for basketball. Yeah, I mean, this was a – when I saw this, you know, I almost got – like a lot of people, I was almost emotional. You saw him crying on the court. Um, he was just one of those guys that, you know, the potential he had before those injuries was was through the roof. You know, he was so athletic. You know, I don't know if we've seen a guy his with his athleticism. You know, maybe Russell Westbrook is, is a guy that can, can be up there as well when you're talking athleticism. But, I mean, this guy had so much potential, his, you know, MVP potential and things like that. And to see him go down was really hard. To see him go down again was really hard. But like you said, you know, he kept coming back. He never never wavered, never complained. You know, he was getting traded from team to team. People kind of forgot about him. He was at the top of the NBA. He was almost the face of the NBA. And then to drop that far and to not give up and then, you know, to keep rehabbing and keep working at it just to see him finally hit it. And what made it even better was, was the, the fans. You know, they understood it. The players, I think he's really highly respected with players throughout the league. If you ask any player, um, you know, everyone is like D-Rose, you know, he's that guy. Um, but it, just to see his teammates around him, you know, they kind of threw a celebration in the locker room after the locker room. Uh, I just think it was deserving. And it it's just goes to show, man, if you just keep on working at it and, you know, not giving up and just keep on staying focused and keep, you know, a, a, a narrow mind and, and don't let anything from the outside get to you and just keep focusing on one goal, you can accomplish it. And, uh, you know, he had all the right to give up, but he didn't, and he, he deserves everything. And I, I think it just goes, you know, that's that respect factor. I think from, he, you know, I think people had respect, but now even your general NBA fan would be like, I respect Derrick Rose just for, for what he's done in the past and how he's overcome his obstacles. Best moment for Minnesota basketball this year. They needed something They like needed that. something. They needed something, and it brings a little positivity to the, the organization that seems to be just kind of a lot of negativity going on. Um, you know, they can kind of forget about the Butler thing for a little bit, and, and, and just celebrate this. It's a huge moment. Jake Duran of CBS Marquette, our guest today. Coming up, the Red Wings go for their third straight win this evening when they host New Jersey. We preview it next on the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Ojibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. And speaking of the Ojibwa Casino, let's talk turkey for a moment. Thanksgiving is coming up, and that means turkey time. Ojibwa Casino has you covered. Come in on November 4th, that is this Sunday, and you get 50 same-day points to uh, get a $25 supermarket gift card. That can get you your very own turkey, the fixins, or whatever else you want for your turkey day. That's only at Ojibwa Casino, Barrigan Marquette, this Sunday, November 4th. Supplies are limited, so get there early. We're already talking about Thanksgiving as we flip the calendar to November today. Tanner Hoops joined by Jake Duran of CBS Marquette. I'm one of those people that I need to go a holiday at a time. I know everyone's getting out the Christmas decorations today already. I love Thanksgiving. I mean, let's let's go one at a time and celebrate. We've got a whole month for Christmas. I mean, let's celebrate Turkey Day here. Right. And I was actually just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously social media is huge. Going on social media and seeing all this, all of a sudden it's, oh, now it's Christmas time. I, I honestly kind of forgot about, about Thanksgiving a little bit, honestly. I love Thanksgiving. You know, how, how can you not? You got the food, got family, you got sports, football, basketball. Um, you know, it, it's great. And I'm, I'm with you, man. We, let's take this one thing at a time. Let's, let's celebrate Thanksgiving. Let's have a good time. Let's eat some food. And, and, then, and then, then we can start looking at Christmas um, and, and all the gifts that you have to buy. Tanner Hoops, once again, Jake Duran of CBS Marquette is with us Thursday afternoon. Well, uh, hockey tonight, we've got the Detroit Red Wings looking for their third straight win. This is a team that had just a terrible start to the season. At one point, people were talking about are they going to win a game before November? Because schedule wasn't getting any easier once you started getting uh, past that 0-5 start or whatever it was. And they end up winning three this month. They have a chance to win their third in a row tonight when they host uh, New Jersey. 
So Detroit's offense is starting to come along. Michael Rasmussen got his first career goal this week. Uh, Dylan Larkin, three-point night, which he's going to have to do quite a bit if the Red Wings are going to expect to be competitive this season. But they're running into a New Jersey team that's coming off a great year last year, good start to the year this year. And Keith Kincaid is turning into one of the sleeper goalies. You know, Corey Schneider's always kind of held that position down over in New Jersey. But Kincaid, who is expected to start in net tonight, is really coming along for New Jersey. I mean, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you obviously knew the Red Wings. They're going to have a tough, tough year with with the young guys they're bringing in. And obviously the turnover and the rebuilding mode that the, the Red Wings are currently, you know, taking part in. Um, but it is, you know, you, you knew you were going to see some, some flashes, and I think that's exactly what we've been seeing is is those flashes and potential of some players. Like you said, Larkin's going to be a guy that is going to need to be leaned heavily on this season, and, and you get the, you get the Rasmussen goal in the last game, and, and guys like that are going to have to start getting more comfortable and, and figuring things out. But I think they're they're on their way. Um, obviously, you got to take it game by game, and there's going to be ups and downs and things like that. They're obviously on the up right now. And I just like to see them go in and be competitive. You know, whatever team they're playing, as long as they can go in and just show flashes and 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 just kind of you kind of see them getting better. I think, um, you know, I'm happy with it. I'm not expecting a lot from it. And and obviously, New Jersey is a good team. Do I think they're going to win tonight? Uh, we're going to see. We're yeah. going to see. But it would be nice to see them win three in a row. So the uh, Red Wings hosting tonight, uh, New Jersey at Little Caesars Arena. We're in Big Ten football country up here, so let's take a look at some Big Ten news that kind of shocked the landscape here over this week. Uh, DJ Durkin, football coach over at Maryland, in case you've missed this story for whatever reason, football player Jordan McNair died in June during summer workouts. Football coach DJ Durkin was put on administrative leave while they did an investigation. The school ended up clearing him. He came back to work for one day. And then he was promptly fired by the university last night. Durkin's out as head football coach over at Maryland. He'll be known for this more than anything he'll probably ever accomplish in the football field. You look at the Big Ten coaching landscape this year and how it's been rocked by scandal. Two vastly different coaches as far as what they've accomplished. Urban Meyer, multiple national championship games. DJ Durkin, a guy with a losing record at a failing program in Maryland. And both of them were initially found not guilty by their university at least. Uh, both of them were reinstated to their job. Obviously, Durkin now out. You see something like what happened with Urban Meyer. They can't prove he had any uh, knowledge of domestic violence uh, within his coaching staff. He comes back amid controversy. He's a winning coach, and a lot of people say, okay, well, that's a bad situation. He's probably guilty, but that's the bias of being a successful coach and the hypocrisy of college football. Over in Maryland, you wonder why the school's fighting so hard to keep him there. They reinstate him only for politicians, the student board, and protest to make the decision for him. Like, the university actually thought they had a choice as far as whether to bring their football coach back or not. And they didn't. Public opinion decided this. I just don't know that that would have happened if that were Urban Meyer. And I get they're two different situations, not to say one's worse than the other, I, I just don't know why it took this long for them to move on from him. Right. I mean, you know, obviously the situation there in Maryland, it, it's it's very sad that someone lost their life and, and things like that. Um, but, I mean, it's it's really hard. As a coach, you know, you're trying to take care of all of your players, obviously. You know, I don't think DJ Durkin was trying to obviously hurt any of their players mm -hmm. or anything like that. It was just a, a situation where – you know, unfortunately, negligence, you know, maybe, 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 yeah, maybe, um, you know, unfortunately the, the way things were being ran it resulted into a player's death. And, you know, I think anytime when you talk about death, you've got to really look into things. And, and I would have probably got rid of him obviously a lot sooner. Um, but when you compare two programs with Ohio state and things like that, it's, 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 it's a prime example of, you know, they're t two completely different situations when you're talking about life and death and then and then obviously what happened there in Ohio State when you're talking about, um, you know, bad coaches and your coaching staff and things like that. Um, but that just goes to show how much winning is appreciated in college football. Um, I thought Ur Urban Meyer should have been let go too. I mm -hmm. mean, let's be honest. Um, you know, part of the, your job as a coach is to be knowing what's going on underneath you. Um, I think that's a big part, and he was kind of 
brushing things under the rug, possibly, or you know, saying he didn't know this and this. Um, he wasn't proven guilty, but at at some point, you got to just be like, you know what? There's still questions here. It's a, it's a bad look for the school, and you got to go. Um, I knew that was really bad what Maryland did. I obviously think they didn't handle it correctly, and obviously, I think after the the reinstatement, they realized maybe we didn't do the right thing here. Um, but I do think that after after all everything is said and done, I do think they they came back and did the right thing. I think he has to move on. They have to move on with him. And 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 I mean, just unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. And um, like you said, I mean, with Maryland, he didn't really do a lot for the school. So I think it's a lot a lot easier to let him go than Ohio State, who would obviously let a, a national championship coach uh, go. So um, I mean, it's just unfortunate. Well, and this isn't the biggest takeaway from the story by any means, but I believe they got better as far as a head coach with Matt Canada, not only maybe uh, with the way he handles his players, but just as a football mind. I think Matt Canada, who is the interim head coach and the offensive coordinator, I think he's just a better coach. I think he'll do better for Maryland. He actually got them that win in week one against Texas. And granted, Texas is not the same team as they were in week one by any stretch, but He's a guy that I think long-term will be a lot better for Maryland. They're still a long way from becoming a power by any stretch, and this season's going to be tough because they were playing inspired with the memory of Jordan McDare, their fallen teammate for a long time, and you feel like all that's been wiped out because the university didn't, you know, in the students' minds, this is all from the students' perspective. We're not putting our own bias in this. The students look at this as the university almost brushing off McNair's death and reinstating the guy who was responsible for it, whether it was intentional or not, negligence or not. And then they only can him because of public opinion. I don't think firings are done at Maryland. I think there's still going to be more to come. And they're really going to struggle the rest of this season because all of that momentum, that energy that they had playing for Jordan McNair, I feel has been wiped out. It's been at least smeared uh, uh, with public opinion, what have you. And they're really going to struggle, especially this weekend when they take on Michigan State, a team that's uh, been playing some pretty good football here for the last few weeks. Right, yeah. I mean, um, the team was focused early on this season, like you said. You know, they were they were in games. They were, they were being competitive. Uh, the team was playing for, like you said, their their fallen teammate and playing inspired with the with the, the new coach. Um, and, then, and then this happens where, you know, old emotions brought up and then the school uh, – not necessarily, you know, in in a lot of players' minds, doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, it, it it is it is unfortunate. Um, you know, I just wish Maryland kind of took care of this, you know, even before the season um, really got underway and things like that. So, um, I don't know, man. It's it's just unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, Maryland can can rebound. And um, like you said, I think DJ Durkin. I think he's better as just a coordinator. I think he, you know, he wasn't even winning a lot of games. I remember going and watching Michigan put like 60 on them, mm-hmm. um, and they they weren't a really good team. So, you know, they got to move on and they got to kind of, you know, flip the page here. And I think it's good for the school to just let this whole thing go, move on, and and try to build a program there at Maryland who's been struggling. We've got Jake Duran of CBS Marquette in studio with us. Other side of this break, we'll touch on uh, more college football. We've got the first edition of the college football playoff rankings coming out this week. We dissect that in the matchups involving those teams at the top. Coming up next on the Sports Pen, this is ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only to Jibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Jake Durant here on Thursday, November 1st. As uh, we welcome you back inside the studio with us. First edition of the college football playoff rankings for this season came out earlier this week. Michigan, right up there at number five. A lot of people are going to be paying attention to them up in this area. Wisconsin, Sparty, not ranked. We didn't really expect them to be. They're in still pretty good position to uh, contend for a good bowl game, though. Give me your initial thoughts on the uh, first edition of the football rankings. Did they kind of turn out the way you expected? I, th- I think they did. I think the teams who who are deserving are up there, obviously, when you talk about you know what they've been able to, to accomplish and things like that. I mean... I really like where Michigan stands right now. Obviously, they have a tough game against Penn State. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, a tough game against, obviously, Ohio State. 
Um, but as as you know, my first glance, it, it's kind of how I thought thought it would be. Um, but you know, Michigan. I think Michigan is a team that if they can win out, I think they'll sneak in. I mean, um, you know, a team like maybe LSU or something might be be out towards mm-hmm. the end, and then Michigan might sneak in there. But overall, I think that it's pretty good. Well, LSU and Bama are one and three, and they play each other this weekend in Baton Rouge. I mean, they can't both be in, providing that Clemson wins out, wins the ACC, Notre Dame wins out undefeated, and Michigan wins out, and they win the Big Ten as a one-loss team. I don't know that you can let both of these teams in. So this weekend isn't a knockout game, but certainly you lose control of your own destiny in my mind. Right. Um, you know, what happens if LSU beats Alabama? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then what happens? That's, uh, that's bad for a bubble team. That's bad for a bubble like team. Like a Michigan. Like a Michigan. You know, I'm rooting for Alabama. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I do think Alabama's going to be LSU. And, um, you know... I think Michigan. I honestly believe Michigan will sneak in mm-hmm. at at number or at number four. You know, maybe maybe you're at Notre Dame fighting Irish moon. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would be great to see one one Alabama, two Clemson, three Notre Dame, four Michigan. I think that'd be great. that was what I thought the rankings should have been this week. That would have been my vote for the rankings because to me, LSU got number three as a one loss team. Notre Dame got number four as an undefeated team. Notre Dame undefeated beat the number five team. LSU with one loss beat the number 16. To me, that says Notre Dame should be ahead of LSU just by a little bit. I think maybe the SEC gets that kind of respect that, uh, that you know, the strength of schedule maybe is what put LSU over both uh, Notre Dame and Michigan. But in my mind, I think based on solely what they've done this year and what the resume says, that Notre Dame and Michigan should both have been ahead of LSU. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um... I do kind of agree there. Um, it's it's so it's so you know it's almost like you can choose any of these teams. Really. Mm-hmm. You know it's really hard. It, it's it's who's kind of making you know picking these these teams. Um, but I do agree with you. I mean you know Notre Dame Michigan they met the first game of the season. Uh, Michigan didn't really look great in no, that they're game. They're a new team. Uh, they're, so you know fun. obviously a new team. They had the quarterback uh, questions and things like that. So. Um, you know, I think it is just LSU bias, and, mm-hmm. and you know LSU being a tough conference, and and obviously with the history and things like that. Um, but I just kind of like how things are set up right now. I think I like how how Michigan is right there, and and I mean if Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, uh, Notre Dame, I, I'd like to see that. The only team that could survive out of those five right now, not even throwing in Georgia in there, is the number six out of those top five. The only team that could survive a loss the rest of the way is Alabama. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. Okay. I do agree. I don't think two losses can get you in if you're LSU. Even if you win the SEC championship, I don't think you can put a two-loss team in there. We've had them before, but that's precedent doesn't apply to this year. Georgia, I think, is kind of in the same boat if you want to throw in the number six seed. Clemson, you know, they, they're undefeated, but they're in the ACC. I mean, anyone they lose to there would be a bad loss. And the same thing with Notre Dame. That's why a one-loss Clemson or Notre Dame won't make it into the postseason because any loss they have the rest of the way, it'll be too late in the year. It'll be too bad of a loss. Michigan, even if they get to the Big Ten championship, they lose it, they still have two losses. That would be enough for them to be kept out. Yeah, they'd be out. Alabama, if LSU beats them this weekend, they only have one loss, and it comes to a team who's probably going to be number one next week. That's still enough to keep them in the conversation. So right yeah. now, Alabama's the only team with a little bit of cushion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't see taking Alabama out. I don't think that's even going to be a question. No. And the committee will do everything they can to keep them in because Alabama equals ratings. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I have to agree with you. I mean, if LSU loses, gets that two losses, Michigan goes on, wins the Big Ten with one loss, you have to put Michigan over LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, Notre Dame has been a great team all year. I mean, I agree. The, the only team with leeway is Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who does Notre Dame have for the rest of the season? They've got Northwestern this weekend, which scares me. Every matchup for Notre Dame scares me this weekend. Northwestern is one of those teams. They can put it together. Yes, they can. Uh If there's any team that can pull an upset out, it's whoever Pat Fitzgerald is coaching. Exactly. So they know how to do that. Navy scared me. Notre Dame did what they needed to. They jumped out on top early and didn't look back. Florida State's not good this year. That still scares me. Syracuse is ranked 22nd. I mean, they're surprising a lot of people. They play them in Yankee Stadium, actually. And then uh, USC to end the season. You know they're always going to get it for that one. That one is going to be good. So the strength of schedule isn't particularly impressive for Notre Dame. When you look deeper into it and you get the analytics, they actually have a tougher road the rest of the way than Alabama does. But there's no way the committee's going to take that into consideration if, mm. if uh, either of them were to lose. And it's also the way Alabama's been winning. Exactly. I mean, they, I mean it hasn't even been close. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just clear-cut, um, you know, just dominating, mm-hmm. dominating people. Um, but, I mean, there's some still some solid wins. I mean, for Notre Dame, you got to win the close games. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just how the season goes. you got to be able to pull those ones out. Um, um, you know, I, I think, like I said, I think Alabama's going to be LSU. I don't want – I want to say this is Michigan's year. I want to say they're going to mm-hmm. go beat Penn State and then beat Ohio State, but we're going to see, man. Um, knowing my luck, they'll lose against Penn State, and it'll just be terrible. This is this is what's going to happen. Michigan's going to lose against Penn State and then lose a heartbreaker against Ohio State. You think so? Every single year. Not a lot of faith happens. in your Wolverines. I, where's the faith supposed to come from? Yeah. You know, where is it supposed to come from? I mean, I like how they're coming together at the mm-hmm. right time, so we're going to see. So Michigan's got a tough road until the I – th- I'd argue this road is tougher. This is They're essentially playing for the big championship before they get to Lucas Oil Stadium because whoever wins the East is going to win the Big Ten championship. Oh, yeah, the East is way stronger than yeah. the West. Um, and pl- we already saw what Michigan did to, to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, you know, earlier on this season, who I think is, is one of the best teams in the West. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, man. I mean, just the route they had to go, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's those are big games. And if they can get through that gauntlet and be battle-tested, I think, ooh, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. When you look at uh, maybe – what the Big Ten West has right now. Wisconsin took a bad loss last week. The path was clear-cut for Iowa. All they had to do was just take care of business on their own end. They were right there, and Nate Stanley played his worst game ever in a Hawkeye uniform, and they end up losing at Happy Valley. And granted, that might have happened anyway. It's a tough place to go play, and Penn State's a good football team. But everything went Iowa's way in the first half, everything that could, and Penn State was still right there. And they cleaned things up in the second half. They got the win. So now that opens the door for Northwestern, who's surprising a lot of people. I don't know who's going to win the Big Ten West, but I almost get, I don't want to say it because I know there's a lot of Badger fans here, and they still could be it, who represents the West in Indianapolis. But whoever gets that Big Ten West nod, whether it's Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern, or whoever, essentially going to be the sacrificial lamb once you get down there to Lucas Oil. I mean, I would have to say, actually, Northwestern played Michigan pretty, they did. pretty decent they did. You know, early on in the season. But I just feel like this Michigan team each week is just getting better and better, and, mm-hmm. and I think they're figuring it out who they need to be. I think Peoples Jones is coming on as a weapon, and I think Shea Patterson needs to run the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and use his feet to kind of get those defenses off balance. Um, but like you said, you know, whoever's coming out of the West, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's almost like when you think Michigan's sneaking in at four. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Michigan might sneak in at four, but then, you know, then they got Alabama. And we saw what Alabama did a few years ago to Michigan State. Sparty fans remember that. Um, so I don't want to see see something like that happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to see. I mean, we're going to see. Michigan's defense is really good. It's really fast. Could they put up a, a, a game against Alabama? I don't know. I don't know. They might. Whoever gets Chase Winovich in the third or fourth round this April, that's going to be a heck of a steal for whatever NFL team gets them on their pass rush. Listen, I was talking to my buddy, uh, you know, who was a Lions fan. We were just, you know, kind of just talking about, like, future stuff. And I think, you know, if Clay Matthews leaves, just get Chase Winovich in there to, to, to fill in the spot. I mean, he has a high motor, got the long hair. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's a perfect packer. Yep. You know, I, I hope Green Bay's looking at him. Um, you know, I think it would be a really good, nice fit there. Jake Duran of CBS Marquette, our guest in studio today. Jake, as always, thanks for being here, man. Look forward to talking again next week. Thanks for having me, man. Jake Duran, once again, Tanner Hoops here with the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. That's it for us. We send you over to the Will Kane Show on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Signing off from the ESPN WZAM Mishpeming Marquette Studios, I'm Tanner Hoops. Have a great rest of your week.